can turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. So we've been talking about keeping God first place in your life. He wants first. First place every time. Amen? First means first means first. You know, I was telling, you know, uh, I, I love using married couples as examples. So I've used this one a few times and used it again this week. But God wants to be first. And, you know, if somebody's married and you always tell your spouse, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I've got to run here. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I've got to run there. Sorry, I can't do that. can't do that. You know, uh, this person called me. My friend called me. I need to help them move. i got to go. I can't help you with that. Sorry, i got to run here. Sorry, i got to go there. And you're always telling your spouse, no, can't do that. You know, and you're just like, you know, well, you're my spouse. you got to love me. you got to forgive me, right? You know? And, and you just kind of keep pushing them aside. Your anniversary comes up and somebody offers you tickets to your favorite sports team. And you're like, oh, it's on our anniversary. But you know what? My, she'll be okay. She, I mean, she's my wife. What does it matter if we celebrate on the day? You know I love you, honey. You know we'll celebrate another day. It doesn't have to be that day. But you keep bumping her. After a certain amount of time, you know, a little bit, she may be like, okay, okay, I understand. But that keeps happening. She's going to be like, what? Do you really even love me? Do you even like me? I mean, why do I get bumped all the time? Everything else is more important to you. But many people do that to God. Get up in the morning and you're like, ah, I don't have time to pray because I press snooze 10 times. You know, I don't have time to get in the word of God. Rushing off to work and you got phone calls coming in already so you don't even talk to the Lord. You just are in, in work mode, work mode. And your day starts going crazy. And the next thing you know, the day was so crazy, you get home and you can't even like settle down. You're like, Lord, I just need to chill. I can't even, I, I, I just, I, I'm sorry, God, I can't even, I, I, we'll do this tomorrow. I need to put the TV on for a little bit. I need to eat something like, ugh. And then you eat. You, you watched some stupid TV show. Next thing you know, several hours went by while you were just like comatose by the television. You crawl into bed. You're exhausted. You feel horrible. And the cycle continues. And you keep thinking, well, God's God. You know, he has to forgive me. I'm his child. He has to understand. He has to forgive me. But whoever is first in your life does not get bumped. If you love your spouse, you don't keep giving excuses to stay away from them and be everywhere else. If you love them, you make time for them. If you love the Lord, the Lord is first. If you have a 6 a.m. appointment with God, then it doesn't matter what happens. Somebody calls you, say, no, I'm sorry, I'm booked then. What are you booked doing? Well, I have an appointment. I'm sorry, I can't be there at 6. I already have an appointment on the calendar. It's been there for a long, long time. I can't change that appointment because I, I, I can't change this one. You don't understand. Why? Why? People don't need to know why. You, tell, you start explaining why, people will judge your why. That's why the Bible says let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. Anything more is from the evil one. You don't need to explain why. Why I have an appointment. And God looks and goes, wow. I'm first in that person's life. I'm first. 
They didn't give me up. You know, that's why even coming to church on Sundays, I was in France teaching in a Bible school, and I had a bunch of students that, that, that the first year they were all struggling finding jobs, right? And I came back the next year, and I started hearing the testimonies. Because the students started to, when they would go for a job interview, they'd say, you have to work on Sundays. And some of these students drew a line in the sand. And they said, no, I can't work on Sundays. I can't. And they would laugh at them and not give them the job. And people would look at them and say, you have rent to pay. You have to buy food. You have bills to pay. What are you doing? You just need to take that job. And they said, no. Because God is first in my life, and it's the most important appointment I have all week. That's the most important appointment, and I cannot miss that appointment. And each one of them started to tell me testimony after testimony of how God ended up giving them a better job. A better job that allowed them to have Sundays off. A better job that paid them more. A better job for them because they honored God in saying the house of God, the things of God are first in my life. So God must be first and whatever's first doesn't get bumped. Some people want to know why does God use one person and not another? Anyone want to know why? Does God have favorites? <laughs> All of us. He doesn't have one favorite. All of his children, he says, you're the apple of my eye. He looks at each one of you and says, apple in my eye. I know how many hairs are on your head. I know when you get up in the morning. I know when you go to bed at night. I know what you think. I know the desire of your heart because I put it there. I put it there. And he, he looks at each one of you. But why is it that some people get really used by God and others don't? You know what? It comes down to one simple thing. It's people who get hungry for God. And they say, I'm going to touch God. And they get so desperate in pursuing God to reach out and touch God. To have an encounter with the Lord in his word, through his word. If you have any encounter outside of the word, you're probably not talking to God. Because God always confirms his word. So an encounter through his word and through his presence. And the Lord touches them because they reach out and they touch God. God uses people for one reason. Because they make room for the anointing. They make room for God. They make God first, and they touch God, and God in return touches them. Amen? It's how hungry are you? How hungry are you? Every man and every woman that God has mightily used is a humble person. They don't have jealousy in their heart. They don't look at others and criticize and judge, but they're humble. Humble people don't go around criticizing Humble people will lay down their own life to lift another up. Critical people feel the need to push everyone around them down so they can look good and feel good. That's the wrong spirit. That's the spirit of the flesh. That's not God. It's not the spirit of God. The spirit of God lays your own life down and says, okay, we're going to help lift others up. That's a humble spirit, a humble spirit. And that's what the Lord looks for. We don't want to be the one that pushes anyone down. And there's no need to be jealous. Because you can have access 
to everything that this book has. It's just a matter of, do you want to make him first? Do you want to make him first? Amen. Luke 3, 16. We're talking about just a touch on the anointing today, an introduction to the anointing. Luke 3, 16 says, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptized you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to lose. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John is saying there's someone coming that this person is so amazing that I'm not even worthy to tie their shoes. I'm not worthy to tie their shoes. I I can't even do that. And they're just looking at him in awe. And he says, this person will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Why? Why do you need the Holy Ghost? Why do you need fire? Turn to Mark 16. Mark 16. Just a few pages back. The reason for the fire power is so that each and every one of us can be bold witnesses for God. Anyone here go around telling people about Jesus? You gotta be bold. You need firepower. There's a story in the Old Testament about the Philistines and they're harassing the Israelites. And so the man of God takes a bunch of foxes and he didn't care what these foxes were like. He didn't care if they had one eye. He didn't care if they were three-legged. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing and available, willing and obedient. And you simply trust God. Some of these foxes were probably bald. Some of them were blind. Some of the foxes were missing teeth. Didn't matter. He gathered the foxes and he took fire and he lit their tails on fire. And when the foxes' tails were on fire, what do you think they did? run. Yeah, you don't go, oh, my backside's on fire. That's interesting. Hmm." No, they were lit on fire and those foxes took off and they went in the enemy's camp. They went to the Philistines and they destroyed the enemy's camp. God wants to light you on fire. He wants you so on fire that you're able to run into the world, run into the enemy's camp and preach Jesus because you're full of Holy Ghost fire power. You need the fire of God in your life, the fire of God in your mouth so you open your mouth. There's no way you can hold it back. If you were lit on fire, you don't go, oh, I think I may be on fire. Anybody have a little water? No. You know, even the shyest, quietest person would scream, fire, fire. They'd be going crazy, jumping, rolling, doing whatever, but but they would be going crazy because they're on fire. When the fire of God touches you, you can't be quiet. You can't be quiet. You can try, but you can't. You're like, it's fire. Shut up in my bones. Other people don't see the fire, but you feel the fire. You feel the fire. You go walking through Walmart, and the Lord says, oh, see that guy over there in the blue jacket? Go talk to that one. Okay, Lord, you don't even know what you're going to say yet. But you just say, I'm I'm willing. I'm available. So you start walking towards the guy with the blue jacket. And then the Lord tells you what to say. 
Or he says, I want you to buy their groceries for them. You go to the gas pump, buy that person their gas. And the Lord starts speaking to you. Now I want you to tell them about me. I want you to ask them if there's anything wrong with them. There's something they need healing in their body. And you're going to lay your hand on them. And the anointing is transferable. The anointing of God is like electricity. The anointing is transferable. The anointing. Jesus. Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. The electricity of God, the tangible, transferable anointing. Whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need. Wendy, come here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yesterday, Wendy came to me. And she's like, Gail, she's like, oh, I've been working the last couple of days. My back, my back hurts. She's like, and, and she told me, and then she's downstairs, and she comes back up, and she tells me again. But when she's telling me this time, I stopped, and I said, Wendy, come here. Come here. I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. I said, Wendy, close your eyes. Use your hands. And I just started to pray for her. I started to pray for her. And as I did, I put my hand, I put my hand on her back. And I just said, Lord, fire, the fire of God, the fire, fire. Jesus, hurt my back. And she said, Gail, she's like, before you even touched me, I could start to feel the warmth. And when you put your hand on my back, it was like fire going through my back. And she's like, I'm good now. And she starts to twist and jump. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I knew it. She goes, I almost fell over. Good thing she didn't because it was just her and I. And we were at one floors, no carpet. The anointing is not reserved for church. The anointing is in you and on you. The Lord anoints you for a reason, for a purpose. The anointing of God, for the call of God, for the call of God. Come here, Alicia. For the call of God. Close your eyes. For the call of God. The anointing comes upon you, even as it came on Jesus. And Jesus was anointed. It's the supernatural equipment to get the job done. And the Lord has a special anointing for each one of you. For each one of you. Jesus. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. It 
that's his anointing. His anointing destroys every yoke. He equips you. 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 That's it. It's a fresh touch right now. Fresh touch. Fresh touch. Fresh touch. Everything you need. Everything you need for this season. Everything you need for this season. Everything you need. He's already put it inside of you. He's put it inside of you and it's about to explode out of you. It's about to explode out of you. Everything you need for this season. Jesus, that's it. That's it. Right there. Right there. That's it. That's it. Everything. Everything. Everything you need. Everything. Oh, everything you need. Everything you need. Said, just take it. Take it. Just take it. It's yours. Take it. It's all yours. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Jesus was anointed. Mark 16. Verse 15 said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow who? Those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. The first thing a believer could do is cast out demons. That means you. You don't need to wait for me to come. You can cast out demons. You tell them you're not welcome here. You tell them you get out in Jesus' name. Because the Bible said that believers will cast out demons. You don't need a harassing spirit in your house. You don't need it in your family. You don't need it where you go. I know an evangelist who went to a diner. And he got to the diner and there was a crazy man there. He was like midnight after a service in the evening. And this crazy guy was making a scene in the diner. And all the servers didn't like him being there. But this evangelist walked in. And the guy all of a sudden stops and flips around and looks at him and says, I know you. And the evangelist was like, I'm sure you do. And the guy started to talk, and the evangelist said, shut up, sit down, eat your food, and don't say another word. And he said the guy went, and he started to eat. And this would be every night they were going to this diner to eat, the only place open after midnight. And the servers came over, and they said, what church did you say you're preaching at? Where did you say you go? How, how long are you going to be there for? Do you know this guy's been coming in for years? Every time he comes in, he makes a scene. Sometimes we have to call the police. It's always horrible. We can't stand dealing with him. And he said, I knew I couldn't cast out the demon spirit here. And there's a couple reasons why. One, in the natural, if you did that, public place, some people wouldn't understand. And they'd think you're the crazy one as that person goes and throws their fit. The other thing is, if people want a demon spirit, they can keep it because they control their body. 
You get to decide if you want the Holy Ghost to dwell in you or you want other things to dwell in you. It's your choice what spirit lives in you. So some people want evil spirits. It's wrong. It's not a good choice for their life. But they're free to choose. God does not force any person to receive him as Lord and Savior. He gives us free will to choose. But the spirit, the evangelist said, I have control of my atmosphere. And I knew that no demon was going to interrupt my dinner. No demon was going to interrupt my time with my family and my friends. No demon spirit, if that guy wants to keep his demon, he can. But he cannot bother me while I am here. You have that authority inside of you. Every one of you, every believer, cast out demons. Amen? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. You will speak with tongues. The believer will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will. They will. They will. They will. They will. God does not lie. He is not a man that he should lie. God cannot lie. Whatever God says, he says that his word cannot return back void. But his word always goes forth and accomplishes what he sent it out to do. When I lay hands on the sick, it's not my hand. I'm saying, Lord, you flow through me. I have no ability to heal anybody within myself. I'm not a doctor. I am not God. I am not. But I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. And I say, Lord, I'm willing and I'm available. And the Bible tells me lay hands on the sick and they will recover so I'm being obedient to your word and I'll put my hand on someone and I'll allow the anointing of God to flow through me into them so that they receive their healing verse 20 says and they went out and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's why you preach the word of God. You study the word of God. You eat the word of God. Because as you speak the word of God, God will go and confirm the word with signs and wonders. He doesn't confirm your opinion. He doesn't confirm your thoughts. I've heard the saying, everybody has armpits. Some of them stink. Everybody has opinions. Some of them stink. God doesn't confirm your opinion. He confirms his word. Preach the word of God. Amen. Luke chapter 4. Again, a little Bible exercise here. This way, that way, flip to the left, flip to the right. Luke chapter 4. Verse 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as the custom... And as the custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So here he is. 
He's going to read the word of God. This is where Jesus was brought up. And he opens to the book of Isaiah. He's reading Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 2. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want each one of you to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. When you become a believer, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you the way the Spirit of the Lord was on Jesus. The Lord anointed Jesus to do certain things. The Lord anointed him to preach, to teach, to set people free, to have them receive healing. The Lord anointed him to do what the call of God was on his life. The Lord has anointed you. You have a special anointing. Your anointing may be different than the person sitting next to you, but each one of you have the anointing you need to fulfill the call on your life. You are anointed. You've been appointed by God. He has equipped you. He has put inside of you everything you need so that you exceed, so that you thrive, so that you are able to fulfill what he has called you to do. You are anointed. Verse 14 said that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So verse 14 tells us he came in power. And then in verse 18, he said he has been anointed. When you are anointed by God, you receive power. And you walk in power, you walk in authority. When you walk in the room, the atmosphere changes. You walk in the favor of God. You walk in the blessing of God. The anointing is like the fingerprint of God. Every person's is different because everybody's call is different. Say, Lord, anoint me. Mark me with your finger for all of eternity. The Holy Ghost is anointing you today with a fresh anointing. For you to fulfill all he's called you to do. No matter your age. You're not too young. You're not too old. You are just the right age. Just the right age. Thank you Jesus. The anointing. Is the manifest presence of the Lord. It's the presence and power of God in manifestation. The Lord is omnipresent. That means God is everywhere, but he's not manifested everywhere. He's manifested where people place a demand on his anointing. He's manifested where people are hungry for him, where people are thirsty for him, where people say, I want you, Lord. I give you room in my life. I give you my morning. I give you my night. I give you my thoughts. 
I give you my desires. Lord, I give you permission to search my heart. Search my heart. If there's anything in me that you don't like, show me and I'll get rid of it. Show me. I'll make the changes. All I want is you, God. All I want is you. I'm hungry. And that's where the manifest presence of God starts to come. Luke chapter 5, in verse 15, it says, However, the report went around concerning Jesus all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They heard, they heard that there was a manifest presence of God through Jesus Christ. They heard that the presence of God was so strong that everyone that came to him was healed. Everyone who came was healed. And their hearts stirred. So the multitude started to come out. And they sought him because of what they heard, because of what they saw. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And now it happened on a certain day. He was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. Look, they came from every town, all the surrounding area, the Pharisees, the religious, the I'm so smart. They came out and they said, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the Lord today, right now, the power of the Lord right here is in this room. You can receive whatever you need, spirit, soul, and body. Whatever you need, the power of the Lord is here today for you to receive what you need from the Lord. Matthew 3, 16 says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. From the moment that Jesus was baptized, the anointing came on his life to fulfill the call of God on his life. Jesus was 30 years old. He was the Son of God, but he never operated his ministry out of that being the Son of God. He never operated. He operated his ministry as a mere human being that was anointed by God to fulfill the call of God on his life. Because he showed us, because he did no miracles. When he was two, he didn't walk on water. When he was five, he didn't multiply anything. When he was 10, he wasn't healing people's blind eyes and broken legs. He didn't raise the dead at 18. He did no miracles before he was baptized. His ministry started after he was baptized and the anointing came upon him because he says, I am like you. I came in human flesh. I operated as a man. I did every miracle with the anointing of God upon me the way you will. 
you receive the anointing. And Jesus said, you will do the works that I do and greater. How? How? Well, Jesus set the standard, a mere man anointed by God. You are a mere human being anointed by God, fully equipped, fully equipped. You have everything you need. Everything you need to fulfill what God has called on your life. The devil's a liar. He's under your feet. You can write the word loser on the bottom of your shoe. And you can remind the devil because he's under your feet. And you can tell him, I wrote your name on the bottom of my shoe. Whenever you come to speak lies to me, I'm going to say, you're a loser. Read my shoes. You tell him he's a loser. Under my feet. I've got the victory. And you just start to praise and dance and jump and praise God and let the devil be trampled under your feet. Under your feet. That's where he is. He's a loser. He's a lousy, lying devil. All he can do is lie. His you know, father of lies. That's all he does. He'll never tell you the truth. All he does is lie, lie, lie. Lie, lie, lie. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. You've been set free. You are free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you are free. You are free. Amen? Amen. God's got good things for you. Raise your hands. I just thank you, God, right now. Fresh touch. A fresh fire. Never, ever to be the same again. Jesus. burns in you, burns out everything that's not of him. So there's only room for him, only room for him right now. Jesus. That's it. Jesus. Burns, burns the fire of God. Fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God. Just say, Lord, burn out everything that's not of you, Lord. David said to the Lord, continue, search my heart. Know me, God. Know me, God. And he let the Lord just search him. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So Jesus came primarily to do two things, to preach and heal, preach and heal, preach and heal, preach and heal, proclaim and heal, proclaim and heal, teach and heal, preach, teach, proclaim, all verbalizing, all getting the word out of what God wants to do in the person life because he said if you preach the word then I'll confirm it with signs and wonders you're anointed to preach the word of God you're anointed to preach the word of God everywhere you go you're anointed the anointing's on you amen his anointing is on you thank you Jesus I believe that the Lord's going to touch some people today with the power of God. 
You can be touched right in your seats. I believe that many of you, that even as I've been speaking, the word of God's just been breaking things off of your life, breaking things off of your mind, breaking things off of you. Things that have tried to attach onto you, thought patterns breaking off, sickness and disease breaking off, physical elements breaking off, emotional things breaking off. That even as I speak, the word of God has been speaking to you, setting you free in the areas that you need to be free. The word of God is the anointing of God. The word of God is the anointing of God. And the anointing of God destroys the yoke of bondage. The yoke is what would go over the oxen and go about their necks. And the anointing says it makes your neck so fat that the yoke cannot hold your neck down. That the anointing of God comes around you like a protection layer. That no, um, nothing that the enemy would try to enslave you, the enemy would try to entrap you and put it around your neck. It cannot fit. It cannot go there. It gets broken off because your neck gets fatter and fatter with the anointing of God. The anointing of God. The Lord says, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, cast your burden on me. Those who follow Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. It doesn't mean that you don't have problems or you don't face challenges. It means that you just overcome them all. You're victorious in them all. Because he breaks off every challenge. You grow out of it like, you know, the incredible Hulk. You start off looking like you're just this wimpy little person. But then the anointing comes on you as the enemy tries to ensnare you. And it breaks off because you become fat in the anointing. And it cannot be on you. And you become victorious. Victorious. The way of the sinner is hard. When you serve the devil, that's hard because the devil never lets you have anything for free. He manipulates, he grabs you, and he grabs you more. Today, the Lord wants to touch you. I want to ask everyone to close your eyes. I never want to let a service go by without first giving people an opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you're in this place and you've never, ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Jesus, come in my heart, come in my life. I want you to save me, forgive me of my sins, wash me with the blood of Jesus. I want you to be Lord of my life, master of my life, my boss, my coach, my leader, the one I say yes to and I do what you say. I want you to be Lord. Today is your day of salvation, your day to come into the family of God. Or maybe you're here today and you've received Jesus in the past, but some things have happened and it caused your heart to grow dim and you turned away from the Lord. You no longer hunger after him. You don't read his word. You don't have a zeal for him anymore. You've realized that you've, you've taken a step away from God because God never took a step away from you. 
you're not close with him anymore. It's because something happened in your life, maybe intentionally, but maybe not. Maybe there was a sudden accident in your, in your life. Maybe there was something that happened tragic and it caused you just to trip and stumble and you just never could get yourself to stand back up again. Today's your day to come back to the Lord and make him first in your life, first in every way, where you say, God, I want you to be my first love. I want to know the passion of your love, the length, the width, the depth, and the height of your love. I want to fulfill all that you called for me to do. I don't want to end my days and stand before you with tears in my eyes that I didn't fulfill what you called me to do. Today is your day to come running to the Lord, come running into his arms and come back to him and he will restore you and he will make you whole. He will put you in right standing with him. Or you may be in this place and you love God with all your heart. You come to church and you sing and you dance and you worship him. You wake up early in the morning and you pray and you read the word and you love him. But the devil lies to you again and again and again. And the devil tells you you're not good enough. He tells you that you won't go to heaven. He tells you that you will go to hell. He reminds you of your past. He tells you all these lies. Today's the day that we can stop the lies of the devil, that you can go free. You can go free and know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Know that Jesus loves you, that you're a part of the family of God, that you know that you know that you know that you're in right standing with God and you can tell the devil, get ye behind me. If you fall in any one of those three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. If you want to receive Jesus Christ for the first time to be the Lord of your life, the Savior of you, you want to come back to your first love, come back to Jesus like the prodigal son come running into his arms, or you want to stop the lies of the devil, then raise your hand right now and say, pray for me. Say, pray for me. That's me. I want you to pray. I see that hand. I see that hand. Pray for me. Pray for me. I would like everyone to just look at me. If you didn't raise your hand, but your heart is racing, that's because the Lord's talking to you. This is not the time to play with the things of God. The Lord is coming soon. He will return soon. And for some people, he's coming sooner than they think because maybe Jesus isn't coming, but they're gonna go see him. You don't play with the things of God. If you feel the Lord tugging on your heart, but you did not raise your hand, but you know God is speaking to you, then raise your hand right now. Say, include me in that prayer. I, I see that hand. Say, include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everyone that raised your hands, please stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, please just stand to your feet, and we're going to pray with you and for you. This is a one prayer fits all. That's you, please come forward and you can just stand right here. I want to pray with you. I thank you, Jesus. If there's any right now that feels like you need to be up here, come on up here. If you feel like you need to be up here, you need to pray this prayer. You need to be right with God. If you know that if you were to die this very second, if you are not sure that heaven is your home, if you are not sure, then I want you to come running up here. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven. This is going to be a one prayer fits all, every situation. I want you to pray with your heart. Pray it meaning with your heart and pray it with your lips out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I believe that you died on the cross. You rose from the dead and you're coming back for me. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on lukewarmness. And I run to you, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to be my savior, be my healer, be my comforter, and be my Lord. I thank you, God, that I'm saved. I'm forgiven, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Right now, each and every one of you, the Lord says, every sin you've ever committed is forgiven you. It's washed away and erased like you're clothed in a robe of white. The Lord has no remembrance of what you ever did wrong. There's nothing there. The devil, all he done and try to lie to you, but he's a liar. He's a liar. All he does is lie. All he does is lie. You are righteous, redeemed, holy, pure, innocent, cleansed, brand new creation in heaven right now. You have a new name. You are a new creation filled with the Holy Ghost.